Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. What does that mean? That means that we ride motorbikes, you ride motorbikes, and we think uh, what we put in this podcast you'll enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, or you do, give us some feedback. Kiwi Rider, no, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz is the email address. My name's Ray Heron, great to have you along. Joining me this episode, it is the one, the only, he's uh, running on throttle.co.nz as well as writing most of the news for Kiwi Rider magazine, Matthew Dagan. Hello. Hey, man. How's it going? Good. Back to a bit of a gusto intro to the uh, podcast. Yeah, I noticed that. you got got a spring in your step for spring. Oh, I'll tell you what. I, I started a new job <laughs> about four weeks ago, and I'm, I'm finally getting to the point where I think I know what I'm doing. That always helps with a new job. It does. It does. <laughs> we have a lot to get through this podcast, as we do every podcast. Later in the show, Matthew's going to give us a, a rundown on the one big day. Uh, we have some news, a new Bond edition motorcycle. Uh, Honda have brought back a name from the past. Aprilia have got something sporty. And we've got a Kiwi inductee into a, uh, a prestigious group of motorcyclists. Uh, but before we get through any of that... Let's talk about an event that's coming up later this month. It is the GS Rally 2022. Now, don't get this confused, Matt, and I know you won't, with the GS Trophy, <laughs> which is something that happens every couple of years uh, in a different location around the world. We saw it here in New Zealand uh, a couple of years ago, and it was a whole... It looked really cool, but we didn't actually see any of it in person. The GS Rally, uh, you and I have both done at least one of these, um, is... Uh, not just for BMWs. Let's get that out in the open to start with. Yeah, it's they are really brilliant for sort of inducting you into that whole world of BMW and the fandom there. Um, but any motorcycle, like I've done one on Rosie the Rally, I did another on a G310 GS. Um, everyone sort of is just very friendly. It's all about getting out there and having a good ride with some like-minded people. So it is run by the team behind the scenes at Kiwi Rider, but it is uh, in conjunction with the BMW Motorcycle Club of Aotearoa, New Zealand. All brands are welcome. There's a sealed route, a gravel route, and a gravel route with challenge sections. Uh, so if you ride, you know, a road-going, nice, pretty, chromed-up or sporty BMW, you can join in. You could join in on your uh, your Triumph Scrambler. Uh, as Matt said, he did it on Rosie the Rally. Uh, I've done one on a tiny little G310 GS, which you rode the previous year, Matt. Um, <laughs> That's and, the run. <laughs> and uh, Doug came along on his Africa Twin. Yeah. No, it's all, all horses for courses. Uh, it's one of the great things about that BMW community is they are very welcoming. It's not that sort of little, well, I want to say clique. They're not elitists. Um, yeah. It's great fun. Um, there's some very cool bikes there. I've seen an HP2 in person because of the GS Rally. Um, that's a bike I'd love to ride one day if um, there are any left. But um, yeah, it's great fun. I've ridden this year's Sealed Route. I did that on... Uh, Oh, did that a couple of weeks ago on the CF Moto 800MT, and man, it was there was some stunning scenery through that route. I loved it. Um, particularly, you get on top of a nice dam, you can see all the water coming out. Um, yeah, spectacular stuff. People are going to enjoy it. 
So it's $195 per rider. Pillions are 135 People may be going, oh, why do I have to pay to ride public roads? But it's uh, it's a whole lot of organisation. As Matt said, the route has been planned. Sounds like a whole lot of fun. Uh, price also includes two dinners, two breakfasts, a T-shirt, the event sticker pack, and the security of knowing you've got a sweep vehicle uh, on both routes. So if you do come into some strife, uh, maybe your engine gives up or you get a flat tyre and you haven't got the, the the gear to change it, uh, you know you're going to get picked up and brought back to the um, to the HQ. Now, something that's a little bit different for this event that you may not get on other events is the directions are given to you via route sheets. Um, yeah, you've got a route sheet holder there, I've got there, a route sheet holder right here I'm trying to show you, but my camera's not focusing on it. I've got yeah, one um, on the shelf behind me as well. These are quite cool. Um, if you've never done uh, a... a a rally where you get given the instructions uh, on route sheets. Uh, Matt, talk us through it. You get like so, three or four A4 bits of paper to begin with. Yeah, so three or four A4 bits of paper um, that's in three columns, uh, and you have to physically cut out your three columns and then tape everything together in the correct order and roll it onto your route sheet holder. So these are. So it's a bit of an IQ test to enough. begin with. Yeah, it is. Definitely is in that respect. Um, I managed to get it on in the first try. Um, Veg managed to send this one out to me uh, via Eurobike. I believe Eurobike Wholesale are the ones that um, manufacture these here in New Zealand and sell them. Uh, they're a nice nice bit of kit. Uh, they make a great noise. Like It's it's like, very tactile. It's almost like a tiny little uh, Sistema um, takeaways box. Or, you know, what are they... Um, Tupperware box. You put your leftovers in it. You put yeah. your canned peaches in it, sort of thing. And there's yeah, a couple of rollers with with rollers with pins that go through to the middle. And you roll it onto. You roll your instructions on there in the right order. And then you literally just follow the instruction, turn the knob. Follow the instruction, turn the knob. Yeah. So on each of the instructions, you will have typically a road um, with a diagram giving you an intersection. Those are sort of the main waypoints for this type of navigation. And also at the bottom, it gives you an odometer reading. So periodically, it will ask you to reset your odometer to zero because, hey, we all we're riding motorcycles. We all ride a slight variation. Um, on the road because we can take up so much more of it Um, so you reset your odometer and it tells you basically all right so in 33.7 k I'm expecting to turn left onto Langlands Road for instance which I'm literally just reading off the (laughs) sheet here Uh, that may change actually in fact so don't uh, try and remember that specific number Um, and then you ride to Langlands Road intersection you you roll the thing onto the next instruction and you carry on yeah, it's great fun, and it's yeah a lot more engaging than just following a GPS line. If that sounds daunting to you, then a GPS GPX file will be provided, but make sure that you test your GPS before you arrive because there is no one at the event that can help you. We've found that out <laughs> from previous years. I, I showed up to Martinborough having, after having the conversation with Veg and Ben from Kiwi Rider um, saying, yeah, I can, I can help people with their GPSs, that's fine. Instantly <laughs> regretted it. 
yeah, you were, you were well busy uh, that evening. I remember having beers and sort of looking over my shoulder going, oh, I'm glad I'm not doing that job. <laughs> so the GS Rally 2022 is happening October 28th and 29th. It's based out of Lakes Ranch, Rotorua. If you want to know more, go to Facebook and search out GS Rally. That's G-S-R-A-L-L-Y-E. Don't ask me why there's an E on the end. We have asked. Somebody said it was something to do with Europeans and then it got very confusing. Uh, GS Rally 2022. Uh, more information is also up at uh, kiwirider.co.nz. Matt, I think it's time to do the news. And most of the stuff in the news this week, I know absolutely nothing about. Hence why we've got Matt on board, because then I can go, hey, Matt, tell me about the Triumph Bond edition. Yeah, all right. So we'll start off with that one, shall we? So Triumph have a new Bond edition bike. This is the third special edition uh, James Bond themed motorcycle to come out of Triumph in the last few years. Uh, The first ones actually featured uh, were based off the Scrambler 1200 and the Tiger 900, which both featured in No Time to Die, which I was disappointed in that movie. I still haven't watched it, uh, so no spoilers, please. Um, oh, it's it's got a big ending, I tell you that much. Um, but I was disappointed <laughs> in that I saw the motorbikes in there, but you couldn't actually tell what they were. And I knew that they were Triumphs, but they didn't feature very, like they were in a darkened, misty forest. But anyway, carry on, Bond Edition Triumph. Yeah, d- dark and moody sort of um, sums these special edition bikes up. They're all quite dark tones and everything, special paint. Uh, so the new one is, based off the Speed Triple Double R which is you may remember is the new Speed Triple that looks a bit like a cafe racer um, has a nice round headlight and a bikini fairing sort of thing uh, there are just going to be 60 of these bikes produced worldwide and unfortunately according to Mike Cross at Triumph New Zealand none of them are currently slated to come our way um, he will let us know if uh, for any reason that changes but it's a bit of a bummer Um, just because they are quite special Uh, so what makes them special well they um, have a whole lot of official 007 branding on them which um, is part of the whole tie in between Triumph and uh, the people who make the Bond films I forget who they are Um, but yeah special colour scheme of black granite grey and storm grey with the official 60 years of Bond commemorative logo on the tank sides. Uh, it's a very cool looking bike and yeah if you want to know more there is a whole lot more info that uh, I'd just be reading to you so uh, check out the rest at onthrottle.co.nz or in the next Kiwi Rider magazine. Story number two for the new segment this week. Uh, Honda have brought back a name, a name from the past, a name that I haven't seen well, in our last number of years, but I know nothing about it. The Honda Hornet. Um, bit of an uproar before we dive into that story, Matt. It's going to be a twin, not a four-banger, and people are a bit grumpy. Yeah, um, I haven't seen so much of the grumpiness about the the engine being a twin. Let's face it, everything's a twin these days because they're cheap to produce. Um, Most of the the stuff I've seen are complaining about how it looks, particularly in its silhouette in those sketches we first saw of it, um, how it looks a lot like a certain KTM. Um, So, um, yeah, it's an interesting bike. Uh, So 
well, let's kick off with the engine, shall we? It's a 755cc single overhead cam parallel twin. Uh, it's sort of loosely based on the Africa Twin power plant, hence the single overhead cams parallel twin design. Puts out 90.4, 90.5 horsepower, which is 67.5 kilowatts at 9500 RPM, and that's backed by 75 newton meters of torque at 7250 RPM. Um, so it sounds like it's going to be a bit of a it's got a decent bit of poke to it. Um, styling, I'm not 100% sold on. The headlight looks like it's sort of been dragged out of, say, 20, 2012, 2013. Um, the bike looks a lot softer in person than it did in those early design sketches we first saw. But it does have all the fruit, all the tech. You've got um, a 5-inch TFT dash, throttle by wire, which means you get three riding modes with three-level Honda Select torque control uh, with integrated wheelie control and three levels of engine braking and power delivery. If you can hear a noise in the background, I'm sorry, that's just my dog George being a pain in the bum. Oi, sit down. <laughs> uh, Show of forks uh, mated to Nissan brakes, so it's quite a Japanese affair. There's also uh, Honda smartphone voice control system which is available for both Android and iOS devices um, and the indicators auto cancel and include emergency stop system which I'm guessing is when you slam on the brakes everything flashes um, so yeah it looks quite cool in yellow and black uh, there's three colorways I believe and currently, uh, no word from Blue Wing Honda, the local distributor, as to whether th these are coming, and if so, when they're going to arrive and how much. Now, I may be wrong with this, but I've just done a, a cursory uh, Wikipedia search, and I think we first saw the Honda Horn Hornet, the CB600F, in 1998. Uh, we've had a few different generations, but we haven't actually seen it since 2013, as far as I can tell. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I remember way back when I first started like reading about motorcycles, I don't even think I had my license yet, a magazine was giving one away. Um, so that, that sort of goes far, far, far back because, um, yeah, magazines don't give away motorcycles these days. Not many magazines left, are there? No, indeed. Yeah, again, if you want to know more, uh, this will be in the next issue of Kiwi Rider magazine, and hopefully we will have heard from Blue Wing Honda as to uh, when and how much. Now it is spring, we are riding, we are riding new motorcycles and something that loosely classes that as a motorcycle. Aprilia have a new offering. Matt, you said to me before we started today that this offering puts the sport in sports scooter. Uh, no, I said this one puts the scooter in sports scooter. Oh. Um, so uh, yeah, a little bit backwards, but uh, it's all right. Uh, yes, you may remember I rode the Italjet Dragster earlier this year, and that one definitely put the sport in scooter, but it left out a lot of the things you expect from a scooter, like decent underseat storage, wind protection, and... Um, yeah, a few other things. Uh, so Aprilia's SRGT200 uh, has a, I think it's a 176cc single cylinder engine um, made it to a CVT. Uh, it's a decent amount of poke um, and it looks really, really good. It's got a clear sort of a design influence from, say, 
or the RSV4 or the uh, RS660, it definitely looks like a, an Aprilia should, except it's a scooter. So you do have underseat storage, which gives you enough space to chuck a helmet under the seat. Uh, there's a little glove box um, where you, you can just, um, I chucked my iPhone 11 in there with its quad lock case and it just fit. Uh, there's also a USB charger in there. But what was most special about this bike and this launch is we got to do it at Hampton Downs at the go-kart track. And even more special, Veg actually took part. So I have um, some footage, hopefully, um, of Veg riding around the Hampton Downs go-kart track on an SRGT, and it was a blast. That's interesting, because Veg, um, you know, if you're lucky, you'll see Veg in the background of one of the, sh the press photos or something like that. He doesn't usually ride, though. He kind of comes along, has a few yarns, and, and just kind of soaks up the atmosphere and sees what people are saying. But him actually riding a bike. Yeah, it's, it's a very rare occurrence to see him actively out on a brand new bike on a launch as you say he's normally uh, quite happy to sit in the background uh, normally the only times I've actually seen him on a bike have been on his um, Ural sidecar outfit yeah uh, me too so um, yeah it was very special um, so along for the ride there was also uh, Damien from Bayride um, a couple of guys from a few other dealers around the show and yeah, we were told in our briefing you uh, not to go over 50 kilometres an hour, which seemed like a bit of a killjoy. Um, we're not meant to overtake. And um, as you can imagine, sort of as the day went on, um, most of those rules, well, basically all of those rules just went completely out the window and we just cranked on the throttles and just went for the lap record sort of thing. It was great fun. I've seen some um, photos of those things well leaned over. Yeah, we were, um, the left hand corners um, did prove problematic because the SRGT comes uh, out of the box with a centre stand and we were finding that we were dragging the steel centre stand along some of those corners, which I'm sure the Hampton Downs go-kart people weren't um, anticipating when they booked this launch. Uh, yeah, great fun though. Um, you could lean it far, far further to the right, but um yeah, we didn't really have the opportunity to do so. So um, what, what is it? So it's the SRGT by Aprilia, uh, SRGT 200. Is it a 200cc? Yeah, well, 176-ish. So engine size is on par to the, uh, what was it called, the uh, Italjet Dragster. Uh, let me just consult my notes, because I actually took notes at this press launch. Um, wow, like written notes too, in a notebook and everything. Yeah. I know, it's great. And I can even vaguely read my handwriting, which is always a plus. Uh, so, yeah, puts out 17.4 horsepower and 16.5 newton metres of torque. Um, it has the strongest engine in its class, according to Aprilia. Um, and that's against its main competitors. Pricing uh, is always important to know. So these are $2,000 cheaper than that um, very cool looking but um, rather impractical Italjet. Uh, $7,490 gets you the standard model. And the sport model costs $200 more. And it has more sort of premium uh, Aprilia uh, branding and some rather cool looking red wheels there's no performance difference between the two models you just get better looks uh, with the sport models uh, full LCD display which 
I will admit um, when we were riding it did seem to suffer from a bit of glare um, but it'll be interesting to if we get a chance to ride it more long term um, if that actually is an annoying problem. Uh, what else can I say? Uh, there is um, lots of optional extras um, as you'd expect from a European bike manufacturer. Um, one of the things that doesn't come with the bike but is a $450-ish extra is Aprilia's MIA system which basically allows you to connect your phone to the scooter and have things pop up on the screen and tell you oh you got a message or so and so's called you or whatever um, so yeah it's all in all it's a very cool cool scooter and I don't know about you Ray but I see a lot more scooters around nowadays than when I was sort of coming into riding like yeah okay the AUT uh, uni car park was chock full of scooters but most of them were mopeds and were um, rather crap um, where this is sort of it's a rather nice scooter it would get you over the harbour bridge in Auckland um, or it'll happily cruise at 100k um, the guys at Aprilia New Zealand said um, a couple of the bikes actually rode down from Mount Wellington to the track launch and sat on the motorway speeds just fine so yeah it's a very cool idea and I have this really really possibly dumb desire to take one moto camping and do some gravel roads on it because it'd be quite um, cool because you can do um you can do a hundred on a on a uh g and one two five so a 200 cc modern engine that's it's definitely going to have a bit more poke it's going to get along quite quite well well yeah and you can stick a box of beers under the seat so you're already well ahead in that way um yeah i've got this weird desire because some of the marketing stuff had them on like little gravel roads outside of urban environments and i was like going, oh yeah i could chuck a swag on the back seat and some beers under the seat and yeah that could actually work could be a bit of fun do you reckon um, aprilia in new, aprilia in new zealand will have a couple we could you know do a bit of a road trip i don't know we, sh- we should um, we should pitch this we should call up um lee and michael and go hey um we've got this dumb idea um do you think it's that dumb <laughs> and let's see what they say one more story to wrap up our news this week, and I'm going to play dumb, but I'm going to be one of those people that it's it's okay to not know. Uh, we've got a Kiwi inductee into the MotoGP Legends uh, kind of Hall of Fame, and um, the press release came through from Suzuki New Zealand. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to Matt because I don't know <laughs> enough about this. Well, this is going to be a bit of the blind leading the blind because um, I'll admit I don't particularly know much of Hugh Anderson's story um, other than what has been supplied and put in front of me. But the dude is 86 and his racing years were, I don't want to say well before my time, but he was doing very There's well in the 1960s. There's a black and white 1960s. photo of him racing a 125 Suzuki in 1963, so I don't think it would be unfair to say the bulk of his racing years were before our time. Yeah, uh, but anyway, the world-famous Kiwi will be inducted to the 2022 Australian GP, uh, will be inducted at the 2022 Australian GP at Phillip Island, uh, which is the 18th of 20 rounds this MotoGP season. uh, And that's coming up on October 15th and 16th. Um, So, yeah, he's getting 
uh, he has four world titles to his name, winning two in 1963 and one each in 64 and 65. Uh, he was also 19-time New Zealand champion. Uh, he also is a two-time Isle of Man TT winner. So he's a big deal <laughs> for those that actually um, probably lived through the 60s when, yeah, all this was happening. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, Hugh Anderson, 86 years old. He is being inducted into the MotoGP Legends Uh well, yeah, Hall of Hall Fame, of fame for a better for want of a better term. Um, well, thanks, Matt, for for guiding us through that. Uh, so uh, definitely <laughs> guiding through it badly, <laughs> and that wraps up the news. Just interrupting this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast to let you know it's spring. Have you thought about your motorcycle insurance? Protector Insurance do a massive range of motorcycle insurance. It's motorcycle insurance by motorcyclists for motorcyclists with some awesome benefits like they can give you the booking fee for your Ride Forever course back. They can cover not only your bike but your gear as well and they can do track day cover. So check out protectorinsurance.co.nz and get a quote today. I was incredibly surprised I even saved money on my policy. Protectorinsurance.co.nz. That's P-R-O-T-E-C-T-A insurance.co.nz. And thanks, Protector, for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. Couple more things to talk about this episode, Matt. You've been out on uh, a big ride on one big day, run by the team who used to be part of Epic Events. Uh, Epic Events have split, so Epic Events is now just trail rides. And uh, who is it? It's Moto Mapped doing the adventure riding. Yes, so Moto Mapped is still Gordon and Claire, who were in charge of Epic Events before they sold that part of the business on. And yeah, Moto Mapped uh, is their website, motomap.co.nz. They run things like the One Big Day, the Long Way Around, and of course the Krieger Dusty Butt, which is still on my bucket list. And after the One Big Day, I think it's probably doable, but I have a lot of work to do in terms of my fitness. <laughs> which I found out the hard way and also some rider skills uh, so the one big day this year it was hell out of Raglan and it consisted of roughly 400 kilometres of mixed riding about 10% sealed uh, 70% on gravel and the last 20% was on actual farms which now I've done that kind of riding I can see why people like Jock ex-farmers uh, Kevin Archer and stuff I can see why they are such incredible off-road riders because those farms were hard sorry had an itchy nose um, yes so I took along Rosie the Rally uh, because yeah if you're gonna drop your bike in mud more times than you can count you want it to be your own uh, so far three attempts at cleaning it later I'm still finding mud caught in places that I've missed uh, so yeah uh, damage wasn't too bad though overall I broke one fairing and I tweaked my handlebars but could have been a lot worse um, so yeah well what do you want to know Ray what 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 exactly do you want to know because I've got this very big wet day stuck in my head and it's hard to differentiate between one part and another without going 
I was just wet <laughs> and it was slippery. So it, I'm, I'm picking it was basically a cross between uh, Burn Buster and the GS Rally. Yeah, that's the way of putting it. Um, I think Burn Buster was easier <laughs> in places than um, the one big day. At one point, I think it was on the second to last farm we rode on, uh, we had this very steep downhill um, section which completely in a paddock no formed trail or anything to go down um, and I slid on my face about halfway down this hill um, which is, I think is how I bent my handlebar um, but at the base of it was a freshly ploughed field um, so think mud about a foot thick very soft um, basically you needed early traction and a hell of a lot of momentum to get through this field and eventually uh craig loads and myself he was on his 1290 adventure and i was on my rally um we were both basically stranded halfway up this muddy paddock um unable to really get any further without some assistance so the farmer ended up opening up one of his gates to a neighboring paddock that hadn't been plowed um, and I've never been so pleased to ride on wet grass. <laughs> so what ended up being the best uh, bike for the occasion? The, 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 the nimble, nifty little 250 or the big 1290 KTM? Somewhere in between. I think the, probably the best bike for the occasion would have been actually a 500 EXC. Possibly a 690. Um, there were some sections... Um, well, I was speaking of, I was riding with this chap, Andrew, uh, a teacher from Gisborne. He has a Tenere 700 and a 300L, and he kept saying throughout the day, I am glad I am not on the Tenere right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you could have could have had fun on the Tenere, or it could have been utter misery. Um, it was so slippery, and those hills uh, just have so much clay. Uh, there were multiple times where we'd come to a steep, muddy track and you just see the 790s and 890s digging themselves into the track if they didn't have enough speed or toppling over um the 250 did great i did overheat my clutch somewhat at one point but um i was giving it death um and i know how to change my clutch now so i'm not i don't baby it too much <laughs> um but yeah it was definitely a challenging day um yeah, there was even a point where we were riding through some pine forests, so very reminiscent of Burnbuster. Um, and by the time we got to the bottom of it, there was a sealed road, and I was so thankful to see that sealed road. I was spent. So yeah, it was one big wet day, and by the looks of the video that I saw on Instagram with the water just dripping off your helmet, um, <laughs> I, I'm thankful that I didn't go and I stayed home in the dry and the warm. Yeah, I'm quite thankful I did it. It was quite the experience. And yes, it was raining most of the time, but I was wearing a raincoat over my jacket over my Acherby body armor. So I was actually, it wasn't until about hour nine that I started feeling wet underneath my raincoat. Uh, all in all, it was 10 hours riding the actual route and a further hour and a bit to ride home. Uh, so it was a big day, um, but managed to knock it off in under 12 hours. So that was something I was very pleased with. Nice. Though I did do spend it again. about 50. Oh, hell yeah. And one thing I did learn about it is, um, yeah, I was glad I was on the rally and there's still room for me to sort of learn and um, build my skills on this bike. 
Um, so I'd happily do it again. Um, I do have a fair bit of battle damage now that I'm thinking about getting a whole new set of plastics for this bike because <laughs> it's starting to look a bit tatty. Um, but yeah, it was, I'd definitely do it again. I was keen. I actually looked up doing their next ride, which is the Krieger Long Way Around, where you circumnavigate Lake Topo. Um, but that ride is full. Um, prices do change as well. So One Big Day is sort of the entry level event. Uh, it's about $125. That pays off all the farmers with, I assume, crates of beer to let us go tearing up their properties. Um, you've got, obviously, all the um, riding the GPS data logs put in and um, sealed off and everything. Um, yeah, land access, great um, atmosphere. Um, so we had briefing at the Raglan Pub. Uh, yeah, it was a fantastic event. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'd definitely, definitely do it again next year. pretty much brings us to a close uh, of the podcast. A couple of things to note. Um, I, I I saw a Ducati Desert X in the wild this week. Ooh. Ooh, what's it look like in person? Uh, it looks Does like it a look motorbike. Good? It's got two wheels, a seat, some handlebars. Um, uh-huh. no, but, uh, no, it actually... <laughs> I, 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 it looks pretty true to the videos and the photos that we've seen already. It doesn't look nice. horrible. And we didn't think it looked hor- horrible to begin with. I actually thought it looked quite good. It's very... I don't want to say this because I'm going to get laughed at. It's very Tenere 700 still. Like, it's very desert, uh, de- you know, desert slag. Looks capable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's got those very... It's got those iconic twin round headlights, which is the first thing you see. And that, that yeah. is actually... I saw that and went, Desert X! Um, oh nice uh, yeah so it was going the opposite way on the motorway so I didn't get a good look at it um, but they, they are on the roads in New Zealand um, so that is exciting the other thing that uh, popped into, into my mind you were talking about the, the damage on Rosie the Rally after the one big day um, something that I've been thinking about on the Tenere 700 lately is vinyl wrapping the bike yeah. for a completely new look yeah I'm tempted by that but I actually broke some of the mounts to my plastic so I've, I'm now rocking almost full zip ties holding my plastics together so I'm going to have to actually invest in full plastics vinyl wrapping there's some really cool designs out there I've seen camo I've seen sort of some sort of, uh, rally replica ones with the full on monster logo like the um, there's some cool stuff out there it's just yeah I think you probably want to put it on a better looking base than what I've currently rocked. <laughs> well, I'm 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 thinking, I'm contemplating doing a vinyl wrap on the T7. So, uh, listeners, if you've come this far through the podcast, can I ask one thing of you? Can you please go to our Facebook page, find the post for this episode? You'll see it because it's got the uh, the thumbnail from the episode there, and in the comments, let us know what color we should wrap the Tenere 700. Uh, because following the the boom buster uh, incident, the uh, <laughs> adventure assault, um, I'm I'm my fearings, especially between the knees, are very scratched up, and it's yeah. kind of irritating me. Yeah, so, so I <laughs> figure if I vinyl wrap the whole bike, um, it will it will sort out that issue. And 
it'll stop any further damage you know it'll help mitigate any further scratches to the actual bodywork because it'll be the vinyl that gets scratched so what color should we do a full wrap of the Tenere 700 let us know on our Facebook uh, and that'll let us know if you've listened this far through the episode as well my vote's for khaki (laughs) khaki khaki yeah are we talking like camo or just a solid khaki green yeah just solid khaki yeah it, I've seen one like that, and and it doesn't look too bad. Yeah. Uh, my instant thought was either gloss white or gloss black. The problem with gloss black is you'll see every little nick scrape and, and yeah, gloss white would know, be clever. And then you can chuck yeah. on stickers all over the top as well to like hide any extra damage. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Let us know at Facebook what colour the T7 should be. And of course, you are the first people to know that we are even potentially thinking about wrapping the T7. Um, so, love to hear your thoughts. But, Matt, this is Kiwi Writer Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no I'd worries. love to hear from the listeners on social media Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok under the name Kiwi Writer Podcast. Uh, if you've got something you want us to yarn about, if you want to have a yarn to us, if you've got a story to share with us, new bike, you've been on a ride, we would love to hear from you. Get hold of us through social media or you can email me, uh, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. All the news we've talked about from Matt's website on throttle.co.nz. The stuff that I talk about generally goes up at motonz.com and of course Kiwi Rider magazine is out twice a month absolutely free and you can go back about five years and read all the uh, magazines up at kiwirider.co.nz Anything to add Matt? Uh, No my mind's just gone completely blank (laughs) Matt releases pretty regular videos on uh, YouTube under the name On Throttle uh, uh, NZ and I do the same at motonz.com at motonz so go to YouTube and search out those names and uh, follow us there that'd be outstanding otherwise I've been Ray I've been Matt this is Kiwi Rider Podcast keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time (laughs) 